Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. We're about to hear the Word of God, and I'd love if we could stand to our feet and honour Pastor Nick Both as he comes up to bring it. Wonderful, awesome church. You can be seated. Everyone at home, you can be seated as well. Don't worry, sit on your couch. Uh, I guess the one perk is there, you can like eat Doritos whilst watching church or something. I hope not, it's really early. That's probably not a good option. But hey, how are we church? We well? We good? Don't worry, you can speak back to me. We well? Good. I mean, I kind of like had to get that response that you are well, so hopefully you are well. Uh, hopefully that's actually true, but I'm so excited to be speaking uh, this morning. As Harrison said a little bit earlier, our amazing uh, senior pastor, we have our other senior pastor, Pastor Kate here, but Pastor Paul is currently in Innisfail at the moment, uh, preaching up there, which is so cool. And uh, he's preaching on the same thing I'm preaching about today, which is really exciting. And uh, we're currently in a series called By The Way. Everyone say, By The Way. You know, when you say something uh, just before you leave someone's house, oh yeah, by the way, uh, pick me up some milk or, you know, I do that all the time uh, to some of the guys that I live with. By the way. Uh, And By The Way is coming under the context of this book in the Bible of the book of Timothy and specifically to Timothy. And we've been going each week looking at a different chapter. And in context, it is the Apostle Paul uh, in ancient Rome writing to uh, his successor or spiritual son, Timothy, and saying, by the way, before I go, before I die, before I pass on from this life, these are my famous last words. And uh, we kind of know as humans, famous last words kind of matter, right? Uh, they're, they're a powerful thing. They are obviously a revealing of, you know, what God's doing or, you know, if they're a Christian anyway, of what uh, time on earth has been, but also wise words of wisdom. So um, I believe this morning as we unpacked, uh, unpack chapter three, I believe that uh, we're gonna leave with a lot more wisdom, uh, a lot more faith and a lot more truth today. And, and I really feel that... Um, as we're going to dive in and unpack this Scripture today, I believe God's going to speak to us. And, uh, and I don't say that just like, oh yeah, I'm speaking to you. No, like God's speaking to us as His church here this morning. And uh, all I ask and all I feel that God is asking for us today as His church is, come on, would you be open to what God wants to do in your life? Because uh, come on, the Word is here to change us, transform our lives. But um, I've got two words that I want to start uh, this broadcast, because um, I know you own a lot. Um, but Google Maps, right? There's a few people that you're like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. I don't really use it. Uh, there's someone who's just like, I don't even know what Google Maps is. And then there's another type of people in this room right now that when I said the words Google Maps, you got shivers up your spine and uh, you just got PTSD uh, from some different things that are happening in life. You just recalled every bad memory that you've ever had using a GPS system or Google Maps, the stress it's caused, the emotional breakdown it's created, and most importantly, the relational tension it's formed uh, with maybe a certain spouse or partner. No, go that way. No, you missed the turn off. What are you doing? You should have gone that way. And I remember um, I had the privilege and honour of when I I lead the youth ministry here, but I got to speak at another youth ministry within our INC churches known as uh, Highlands Church. I spoke for their youth ministry, uh, which they are doing an amazing job out there. And and, uh, 
yeah, I, I kind of, uh, it takes about three hours, three and a half hours to get to Toowoomba. And I took one of my, I guess you could say, spiritual sons, Lucas, one of the guys in uh, doing a great job in youth ministry. And we went along together, took about three hours to get there. We, we, we did the night. It was an amazing night. Teenagers got saved. Uh, lives were impacted. It was just such an awesome night in, in Toowoomba at this youth ministry on a Friday. And uh, so what do we do as youth leaders and pastors um, after doing a youth message and doing that? We go straight to McDonald's because that's what youth pastors and leaders do. Uh, I think it's almost in like the, you know, it's in the requirements. There's the two things you need to know about youth ministry. Preach the gospel to teenagers and go to Macca's a lot. All right, that's all it is. Uh, nothing can, if ever a youth leader here, you just love that loose change menu, buying Slurpees every day uh, for crew, your, your TC uh, people, which we call our TC uh, life groups, TC. And anyway, so we go to McDonald's and as we're chow- chowing down a feed after this big night, it's already about nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, because uh, it's been so late. And I get up Google Maps on my phone. I'm like, all right, Lucas, took about three, three and a half hours to get here. I reckon I can cut it. You know what? I, I reckon I can find another way to go. And I, we, we, we start, uh, we get in the car, we start to go down this alternate route and we're like 20 minutes in and we go, okay, there's a pivotal moment, a literal crossroads right now. We either keep going straight, the same way we've always been going, or Google Maps is saying, if you wanna shave off 30 minutes, go right. And I'm like, you know what? I, it's late, I wanna get home, the destination is home, I'm tired already, Lucas is tired, we just wanna get home. So I'm like, you know what? Youth pastor mode, let's go the short route. And uh, we go right. And funnily enough, ironically enough, the right way was the wrong way. And I keep going down this right path and uh, this right road. And, and the bitumen, I realise, as we're going down half an hour, it instantly just turns to dirty, dusky road, gravel everywhere, no signs, no infrastructure, just nothing. It was just farms, it's Toowoomba. It's like going out west and, and just nothing is around. And, and I'm already, the thing is, I'm already too late. It's not like I can just turn around because one, my pride is too big and I'm not gonna tell Lucas I've gone the wrong way, okay? Um, this isn't a swallowing a pride moment. This is Nick sitting in his pride. I know where I'm going, bro, we're good. He's like, he even says, he's like, uh, like, we're all good. I'm like, yeah, man, we're all good. We know where we're going, all right? You've done it as well online, all right? But, uh, but uh, we're about an hour, hour and 20 minutes into like this. There's like bunnies hopping over the road. I'm so glad there was no ruse, but it's windy, it's bumpy. It was the most, I, I'm gonna be honest, it was the most anxious hour and a half of my life. I'm just like, you know, I was in my fiance's car as well. I wasn't in my amazingly built Subaru Forester. And, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, the car's gonna die. Lucas's parents is gonna be really mad at me. We're gonna get killed like one of those movies. This is not a good thing. We went down the wrong path. And thankfully, by only the grace of God, this is my main message, by the grace of God, we made it home that night. And I, and I live to tell the story here right now. But one of the main themes in this uh, scripture that we're about to pull apart is Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. He, he's talking to him about there's two different paths that people in general, humans go down. There's, there's two distinct paths and don't divert from the one that is truth. Don't divert from the road or the path that is truth. And today, I wanna unpack in chapter three 
how the Apostle Paul talks about a path called truth. A path called truth. And I believe here today, if some of us believe that we're living on the path of truth, but maybe aren't actually on that right now, we're gonna have a realigning in this moment where, because I wanna let you know that, spoiler alert, the path of truth is Jesus, but the path of truth is freedom as well. And I believe the church isn't called to be bound, but it's called to be free in Jesus' Name. And we're gonna look at a path called truth. So why don't we pray in this moment right now. Jesus, I thank You, Lord, for Your Word. I thank You, Holy Spirit, for what You wanna do in Your church here this morning. I pray, God, that You would speak to us. I pray, Lord, that we as Your church would not divert from truth, but today we'd be founded yet again and realign our hearts to You, Your Kingdom and Your Spirit, because, Lord, we know that, God, You're calling us to live lives of freedom in You. In Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, we're gonna dive straight into the passage right now. And I pray, and I really hope that you've actually taken time this past week to read chapter three, because uh, we love the Word of God and we're gonna get into it. So just some context around chapter three is that some false teachers in the day of Paul and Timothy, Paul's in chains, he's writing this letter to Timothy, and he, he warns Timothy that there are some false teachers coming with different doctrine, with doctrine that is not about Jesus, or if it is, it's a, it's a little bit of different, it's, it's the truth with, mixed with some untruth. And, and they were saying things like, the resurrection's already happened. So don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about this life right now. It's already happened. It's already, you know, we're done. Scholars say it's either that or they were saying pretty much the resurrection didn't happen and Jesus didn't rise from the dead. So there's no hope. There's no end hope of even coming again. He wasn't the Messiah. And basically the outcome of that belief system meant this that he starts off with here. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, and we're pretty much almost gonna cover the whole Scripture in chapter 3 today. So it says this, but understand this, Timothy, as he's talking to him, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. I mean, man, it sounds like we're in the last days right now. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Man, the Apostle Paul just gets a punching bag and he's just like, boom, boom, boom. Just absolutely nailing into what the culture of that day and what these false teachers are speaking untrue to the church. They were pretty much saying, just love yourself. If, if the resurrection isn't real, just, just do your own thing. You don't need to worry about this life. Love pleasure, love money, love yourself. That's what really matters in this life, which we know that's not the way of truth. That's not the way that Jesus said it. But I love this last line that He puts in there just before He goes on. He says, they have the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Or in other words, on the outside, everything looks like it's going good. On the outside, it looks like everything's godly and Christian and they're saying the right things. But on the inside, they're like a corpse rotting. On the outside, they're squeaky clean, but on the inside, they are like a rotting corpse. And then in, in, in verse eight, he goes down and I wanna unpack this a little bit. He then brings out an Old Testament example for Timothy, which Timothy would have understood in this time. He says this, and he's trying to help him understand what these false teachers are like. He says, just as Janus, 
That's a man's name, by the way, Janice, J-A-N-N-E-S. Janice and Jambres, I really hope I pronounce those right. Janice and Jambres, which I'm not, opposed Moses. So we're going back to Egypt. We're going back to Exodus, second book of the Bible. Opposed Moses. So these men also oppose the truth. They're like Janice and Jambres. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. And contextually speaking, what we need to know about Janus and Jambres, we find them not actually in Exodus or in the Bible. We find them in the Dead Sea Scrolls, some other manuscripts that are reliable sources. And pretty much who Janus and Jambres was who in Exodus, well, they were magicians of Pharaoh. And when God brought the plagues against Egypt, we have Israel and we have Egypt and Egypt has enslaved Israel for 400 years. And God said, enough is enough. I wanna deliver my people. I wanna free my people. But Pharaoh and Janus and Jambres, the magicians of Pharaoh, they wanted to do the same plagues to keep Israel in slavery and bondage so they could have them for another 400 years. So the plagues that God was doing against Egypt, like locusts and and the blood of the Red Sea, these magicians, Janus and Jambres, they would mimic the plagues. They would be charlatans. They would be fakes and phonies. It's kind of like they would be those people that you maybe go to a magician show and you see a girl that's cut in half and you're like, I'm sorry, I don't believe it for a second. That girl's legs are definitely just tucked in like that and you've got another girl on the other side. It's a fake. It's a phony. And what they would do is they would mimic the plagues. They'd make fake blood. They would do fake things to try and prove that their God was greater than the God of Israel. But this is the, yes, all that's really important. But you know what the heart of Janus and Jambres was? Was to keep Israel in oppression. Janus and Jambres' and objective under Pharaoh was to keep God's people in slavery by lying to them by preaching untruth instead of the truth of God. Or in other words, and Paul knows this and says, guess what, Timothy? These preachers that are saying, be lovers of yourself, lovers of money and lovers of pleasure, they are not liberating you, they're enslaving you. That is not truth, that is untruth. Because here's the deal, and Paul knew this, that the belief in untruth, is bondage and slavery, but the belief in truth is freedom and liberty in Christ Jesus. So what is Paul saying? He's saying, Timothy, don't be led astray. And I believe here this morning, church, God's saying to His people, come on, do not be led astray from the truth of the Gospel. Because although, like I said in my title, there's a path called truth, guess what? Paul says there's also a path called deception a path that's gonna try and get you off, trying to get you off the, the way that you know and into something that is not what God has called you to live in. And right now, I want you to picture a concrete walkway going from here, I don't know, into eternity that way. And it's a concrete pathway known as deception. And if there was any foundation for the concrete in the path of deception, it's not founded on good things, it's founded on sin. But not only is this path founded on sin, it's founded on self. And I want to unpack that from from the first part. He says, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. He goes that punching bag of just saying what those last days will be. 
And can I ask you, church, does that sound a little bit like our culture right now? People that are lovers of pleasure over God, people that are lovers of self over God, people that are lovers of money. And this is what the path of deception does because guess what? The path of deception doesn't have a big old sign flag that says, here it is, the path of deception. Make sure you, you know, buckle up for an awesome, you know, walk, walking life. I don't know. <laughs> Make sure you... No, it doesn't say it's the path of deception. It looks like a beautiful gold road. It looks beautiful gardens. Like, you know what? Just like Adam and Eve, this looks like a good thing that we're about to taste of right now. I think this is, looks really good. Paul says, it says, untruth looks like be a lover of yourself, be a lover of pleasure. But this is how it's said in our culture today that I wanna hone on today. The path of deception doesn't look like you're a lover of yourself because that means, oh man, like that already sends me like, I don't wanna be a lover of myself. This is what it sounds like. Believe in yourself. Believe in what makes you feel happy. If they hurt you and it didn't make you feel good, don't worry about them, worry about you. Or in other words, and I get this a lot in youth ministry, just you do you, boo. (laughs) You do you. If you do you and I do me over here, I've got my own truth. You can have your own truth and we can be good. We can, we, we can, we can be fine and, and we can just pretend like there's no truth at all and we're all good. We'll just be lovers of pleasure until the day we die and we'll be fine. But Timothy is encouraged by Paul. No, this is not truth that is gonna liberate you. This is true untruth that is going to enslave you because he who commits sin, Jesus said, is a slave to sin. And guess what? If the devil doesn't want you or can't get you hating your brother, what he can do is get you loving yourself. Because it's a lot easier to say, oh, I'm just loving myself. I'm just doing me. I'm believing my own truth as well as Jesus. But this is how it creeps into the church though. Oh, I just come to church from what I can get out of it. it. It doesn't seem that bad, does it? I still come to church. I read the Bible, but really the, the outworking of this is really still self. And Timothy says, Paul says to Timothy, that is being a lover of yourself, that you're coming here just to receive, 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 but never contributing, like the Bible says, be generous. Not like the generosity moment that we just heard before where God says, come on, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Where God died on a cross and gave up His life and now we're image bearers of the one true God who who died and and was selfless. It, It promotes selfishness. This is the path of deception. Guess what? It lives up to its name. It's almost like those iced coffees that say, no preservatives, no artificial colours, no extra added sugars. And you look on the back and it's still got like 40 sugars on it. And it's like... And then you buy it anyway, because it just tastes really good. This is what it looks like. It looks like it's all good. It looks like it's all gravy. It looks like it's amazing. But at the end of the day, this is what Paul is encouraging Timothy. Although it looks amazing, money looks amazing, because then you can have more money and more money equals more freedom, right? No, 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 it's not actually freedom. It's enslavement and it's bondage because only in Christ Jesus do we have free liberty. So church, what Timothy and Paul are encouraging us is do not divert from the truth that 
you've always known. And this is why I wanna focus not on the path of deception, but the path of truth right now. I wanna get into this. It says this, uh, following on from the passage, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love and my steadfastness. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you've learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Man, I love that so much. And I believe there's three things that, Paul brings out to Timothy so that he will not go down this path of deception and he will not follow its untruth, but he will be freed. And I want you to picture a concrete path going as far as it can that way. And it's called the path called truth. And there's three things to remain on the path called truth. And the first thing that he encourages Timothy to do is to continue in what you've learnt. Continue in what you've learnt. I hate to break it or I love to break it to you, church, that there will not be one Sunday where we do not preach Jesus. There will not be a moment where we don't talk about Jesus, His death and His resurrection and what He can do for our lives. Because guess what? We're making the main thing the main thing. And it's all about Jesus. And sometimes what we can do is, oh, maybe it's Jesus and a little bit of that self-help book. Or maybe it's Jesus and a little bit of this human wisdom that I found on this Facebook video that he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Come on, some of those guys are crazy. But I'm just gonna add him in or I'm just gonna add more. But guess what Paul's saying is come back to what you already know to be true which is Jesus, the cross and the resurrection. I'm gonna let you know there will not be one service in the future where we don't divert from the truth, uh, where we do divert from the truth of Jesus, Him dying and Him rising from the grave because in that is the Gospel and in the Gospel is true freedom. If you want freedom from your life, you don't need to choose and look for other things. Why don't you find your more, not in other things. Why don't you find your more in going deeper in Christ? And right now for some people, you're like, you know what? My, my life with Jesus at the moment, uh, this path of truth is like, it's great, but I just think there's more. Don't let your more be in other things. Let your more be going, I'm gonna upgrade my prayer life. Let your more be, I'm gonna devote myself to Scripture more. There is more spiritual truths that can change my life. So I'm gonna get serious about walking on the path of truth. I didn't mention this earlier, but if the path of deception is founded and its concrete foundation is based and founded off sin and self, then the path of truth is founded on Christ and Him alone. It's on Jesus. And this is the real question and challenge for us. Is Christ your foundation this morning, church? Is Christ your foundation? And are you walking on the path of truth? Because realistically, we can all have godly appearance, but deny His power in our lives. We can all look really shiny on the outside sometimes. I raise my hand in worship. I come to church every week. I've read my Bible once or twice or I do it on the weekly, but on the inside, there's no revelation and truth that lives on the inside of us. Come on, are you actually living the path of deception? But now's the moment saying, come on, God's waking you up to say, come on, you've been living this for too long. You need to jump back on the path of truth where it's not just, I mentioned Jesus in my Instagram bio but it's I live my life centred on Jesus and I live my life walking in His ways. Second one, he says, first he says, 
Continue in what you've already learned. You've already got it, Timothy. You've already got the hope of the world. Second thing though, is that he says, read Scripture. He says, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And this isn't a command from Paul. It's an invitation for you and I. Would we read Scripture Not so it's a do and don't list of, oh yeah, I read my Scripture and I'm good with God. No, so that it could truly keep us on the path of truth. And guess what? When you're on the path of truth, it will bring freedom and liberty to your life. Guess what? The Bible is not not the end. The reading Scripture and reading the Word is truly a means to the end because it's, it's here to bring freedom to your life. It's where you sit with the Creator of the universe and you let Him do a work in your life and it helps you not be, when you hear things on the news and be like, maybe I should invest in that or maybe I should do this with my time. No, they're deceiving things. Come back to the Word of God. And if it aligns with the Word of God, then a God thing is a good thing and you can trust it. But thirdly, he says to him, he says, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete. I love that. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And the third thing he really speaks in this and I want to unpack is he pretty much says, Timothy, as you read Scripture, let Scripture read you. As you read the Scriptures, don't let it be, I read the Scriptures and I'm still living in sin. Don't let it be, I, I, I read the Scriptures and I'm still a lover of myself. Let the Scriptures change your life because we're not here to change Scripture. Scripture's here to change us. The Word of God is not here to be changed. The Word of God is here to change our lives. And he says that when you walk out this path of truth, it is not a path full of holes and booby traps here to make you stumble over, but it's a whole path. It's not a path with holes. It's a path that makes you whole. When you continue to walk down every day in your own time with God, reading out Word, reading out Scripture, being on this path of truth, it's here to transform our lives. It's here to change us. If there's been any encouragement this whole month, it's been, would you get into the Word of God, not for the sake of the Word of God that is there and you read it, but let it read your heart. David said, God, would you read my heart if there's any sin? I've let God read my heart that I might not sin against Him. He said, my Word I placed in my heart so that I might not sin against Him. If we wanna stay on this path of truth, not just now, but into eternity with Jesus. Come on, we, we gotta let God do a work in our hearts. We gotta let this thing change our lives. We're not here to change Scripture and pick, pick out the parts that we want. Oh yeah, I just saw that Jesus just loves people and that's all good, but discount that He hates sin. We're not doing that. We're reading Scripture and we're letting it go. God, change me. I'll finish with this, but remember being 18 and 19 and 18, 19, 20, and been coming to church my whole life and heard countless messages, as I know so many of you have been even longer than I've been in church, and you hear countless messages constantly. But I remember coming to that pivotal age of going, you know what? I'm gonna read this word for myself and, and I'm just gonna try it. 
I'm just gonna apply it. I'm just gonna give it a red hot go and see if this thing is actually what it equates to be and what I've heard it said. And I came across a passage that we're actually focusing on in our youth term at the moment known as Conquerors. And it was Romans 8.37. It's marked my heart forever because this was the one true time where I sat down and I sat down in my room and I said, God, if you're real, God, if you can do something, God, if you can change me, then come on, would, you, would, you, would your Word just change my heart? And I read out, knowing all these things, we're more than conquerors through Jesus who loves us. And I don't know what happened in that moment, but I just kept reading it and something marked my heart. It wasn't just another book that I read, but it was something that in my sin, and my depression and my insecurity, God started to work on me and be like, Nick, I paid a price for you. And it wasn't just so that you could read a book, but it's so that I could change your life. And I'm letting you know from that moment on, church, the reason why I'm on this stage is because I'm passionate about the Word of God, that the Gospel has changed my life. And I know it's here to constantly, every day as we walk down the path of truth, don't let it be a path of holes. The Bible is here to make us whole again. Because guess what? The Word of God is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was, was with God and the Word was God. When we spend time reading the Word, we spend time with Jesus and Jesus sets us free. This message really is about freedom today. God wants a church that's free, not slave to bondage and deception, but free in Jesus' Name. Come on, God's calling us to get into the Word, continue on what we've learned and let the Word read our hearts and change from it. Why don't we pray right now? Jesus, I thank You, God, for what You're doing here this morning, Lord. I thank You, Father, that You're a good God. Lord, You've got grace for those who who need help even when they read Scripture, that You will reveal Yourself. And like You revealed Yourself to me, God, I believe You're gonna reveal Yourself to people as we get into the Word, even this week, even tomorrow, God, we're gonna have such a hunger for the Word because we know that's where freedom is. That's where You are.